Now today it's a different place All the same with a new face With strange mysteries hanging in the air People in their sane minds Swear they see you today Are you looking for the love they took away? Everyone knows That you couldn't bear the pain Welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. Each of you are greatly appreciated. The tunes that went through your eardrums, of course, are courtesy of my good friend, Bobby Mackey, and I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. It's the 10th day of April, the year 1834. The location, New Orleans, in the French Quarter. Responders and rescuers are called to a horrifying, most excruciating scene. What they see with their own eyes will shock them to their very core and will stay with them until the day they die, going with them to their graves and haunting them in death and deep into the afterlife. There's no getting away from this. It's that bad. It's that traumatizing. The LaLaurie Mansion is engulfed in flames. Rescuers and town people are trying to gain access into the slave quarters to ensure that all are out and safe. But, to their shock and dismay and disgust, the madame of the house, a woman who goes by several names, refuses to give them the key. No! Access denied. What is wrong with this woman? How can she be so cruel? There's a fire going on this very moment, and yet she would rather let these poor slaves burn alive than gift them with life. Something is terribly wrong here. What is this monstrous woman hiding? Madame LaLaurie was indeed a monster. In fact, she was a criminal, a serial killer, a notorious torturer, a sadistic madwoman. She was every single one of these things, and then some. Let's rewind a little, going back before the fire. It was no secret that the Lorries did not treat the slaves properly. Especially Delphine. She went out of her way to be cruel. It was said that she even chained her cook, who was 70 years old, to the stove and would even beat her own children when they would try to secretly feed the slaves. I mean, what a horrible thing, right? These children knew mama's not doing something right and tries to better the situation and the lives of the slaves by feeding them. And what do they receive for their efforts? A brutal beating from mommy dearest. Rumors had spread like wildfire that she was mistreating her slaves. So much so that a local lawyer in town was requested, hey, you better get over to that mansion and investigate this right now. This is serious, dead serious. During his visit, he did not see anything that he thought was important and left empty-handed. And I'm sure if he had full access to the home, he may have formed a much different opinion of the Lilaris.
One concerned neighbor saw a slave, a young girl, 12 years old, her name was Leah, fall to her death from on top of the mansion's roof. The poor little thing was running for her life. She was desperately trying to get away from the murderous madwoman, Delphine. Whip in hand, she was wielding it left and right, wildly running after the child, her slave. What happened where she would be this ravenous? What did this little girl do to enrage this beast of a monster? It all started with an innocent action, the brushing of hair. Demanding La Lore couldn't even brush her own hair. Leah was demanded to do the task. She does as told, everything's fine. When suddenly, she hits a snag. I mean, come on, shit happens. I brush my hair daily and it comes with the territory. You hit a snag from time to time. Does it suck? Yeah. Is it the end of the world? Absolutely not. Well, this unintentional, non-aggressive action was more than enough for the madame to go into a furious fit, grabbing her whip with anger and fury in her eyes and hatred in her heart. The chase was on. Some believe the girl fell to her death, while others think that she would rather die than be abused one more time from this asshole of a monster and leapt to her death. Either way, whether it was accident, suicide, or murder, 12-year-old Leah lost her life. It's reported that her small body was disposed of being buried on the mansion grounds. This is just one of the deaths. This woman, and (laughs) I use that term loosely, is linked and connected to many deaths, many others, as her hands are stained with the blood from her countless victims, a stain that refuses to be removed or weakened. No bleach, tide, all, or any of that will help. La Lori's will forever be a part of New Orleans' dark history. The name, Notorious. Go to New Orleans and ask a local about Madame La Lori or the La Lori Mansion, and you will indeed hear a crazy story. There are so many, like myself, that believe her to be a sadistic murderess, while others jump to her defense, believing her to be innocent. To each their own, and... Who's to say which is right or which is wrong? I've only met a couple people who full-heartedly believe in this woman's innocence. What I'm about to tell you is something so horrendous. A story that takes us back to the early 1800s. Many deaths have been recorded here at the LaLaurie Mansion, not just little Leah. In just a short time span, funeral documents and records show that between 1830 and 1834, 12 slaves of the household met their end on this property. Vaughn, who was a cook for the family, and her four children all died in this home. Her two children, Leontine and Florence, died in 1831, while her remaining children, Juliet, Jules, and Vaughn herself, died a couple years later in 1833. Just one year before the horrific fire would occur, the cause of death for any of these deaths, these premature deaths, remain unknown. However, as mentioned earlier, we know the fate of Leah, right? She was being chased off the roof by a whip-wielding mad woman. After this incident, nine slaves were removed from the mansion and were sold in an auction. 
Someone who was hired by the Lalauris paid for the slaves. And guess what? Yeah, like something out of a horror movie. They were secretly brought back to their sadistic prison. Many would never leave the house again. In 1834, on the 10th day of April, a fire breaks out in the house. Many believe it was caused by one of the slaves, a final attempt to scream for help. And that's exactly what took place. When the fire marshals and law enforcement arrived, the scene was something straight out of a pure horror movie. I mean, pure nightmares. You know, Freddy Krueger would be pleased. They indeed found the cook, an elderly woman, chained to the stove by her ankle. She later admitted to them that she started the fire in an attempt to commit suicide. She was terrified of being punished by the unforgiving LaLaurie. She herself had witnessed that the slaves just went through that door in the room up above and they were never seen again. She was horrified that she too would meet this eerie fate and I would have been horrified too. Seems like she absolutely had good concern to be. As mentioned before, the LaLaurie family refused the keys of the officials. So they went in on their own by force. They searched the property and the large mansion to be sure all people, family, friends, and slaves were out of harm's way. When they approached the notorious room of no return, they found several slaves and they were horrifically mutilated and experimented on. In fact, some did not even resemble a human being. Some of these slaves have been in the stand room for several months. Some were suspended by their necks while others' limbs were stretched and torn from one extremity to another. Piles of organs and limbs littered the floor. I mean, where are we in Buffalo Bill's house? Hannibal would be proud. Others were in cages that would comfortably fit a smaller dog. Bones were broken for these slaves to fit in these cages. Totally contorted. It's something out of a horror film with a director who went way too far. I mean, it's rare, but sometimes I watch a movie and I go, this is overkill. This is insane. No need for this. You know, the, the creepy factor is already there. You're going way overboard. Well, LaLaurie went way overboard and then some. At this point, the slaves probably were begging for death. But like a cat playing with a mouse, prolonging its life for a more brutal and excruciating and painful death, Delphine would have none of that. <laughs> Kill you right away? I don't think so. What's the fun in that? A swift, quick death? Please. Begs and pleads were requested at death sadistic ears she was a fan of punishment where it wasn't needed and torture shit she loved the torture part she thrived on it she got off on it and unfortunately she was very very good at it la lori would like to pull out their fingernails gouge out their eyes and with some slaves she would get animal feces stuff it in their mouths and sew their mouths shut I mean, you don't get more sadistic than that, right? That, like, absolutely disgusting. Truly a monster this woman was. I mean, how can some enjoy doing this to another creature, human or animal? She got off on it. Obviously, something was off with her. One person was found with their intestines crudely yanked out, then knotted around the waist in some crude, disgusting belt form. One of the people to witness this heartbreaking and very unfortunate event 
was Judge Jean-Francois Canong. This is what he recalled from that fateful scene. Having found in the LaLaurie mansion, among others, a negress wearing an iron collar and an old negro woman who had received a very deep wound on her head, who was too weak to even walk, unquote. You know, when the judge tried to question Mr. LaLaurie, the man of the house, he was basically told to butt the hell out of his family's business, that it was no one's business but their own. Uh, hmm. You know, you make it everyone's business, kind of, when you do something like this to other living beings. One of the slaves resembled what can only be described as a crab. Some were in cages, all contorted. Truly, it was a nightmarish scene. The cowardly Delphine LaLaurie and her family fled the scene, escaping justice as an angry mob starts to form. The house was burnt to the ground, and the LaLauries were nowhere in sight. It's believed they left the country. No one knows for certain what became of the monsters, the murderers. Four years after the fire, the house was rebuilt. Even though the original structure is no longer standing, this home is considered one of the most haunted in New Orleans. It is widely thought that the house is home to several resident spirits. The slaves who met such a horrible end are thought to be here. Are they stuck here? Is this the only place that was considered home to them, as horrible as it may have been? Do they relive their last moments on earth? Do they even know that they're dead? I myself have been to the site of where these horrifying events took place. And even though I knew it wasn't the original building, I could still feel the sadness, the loneliness, the desperation of the slaves wanting, needing to leave their imprisonment. So we know that the family fled, right? It's believed that they ended up in Paris and Delphine would eventually die in Paris. But many speculate that her body was brought back to the States, specifically to New Orleans. And it is said she's buried in St. Louis Cemetery Number 1, a unique place all in itself. The voodoo priestess Marie Laveau is buried there, among many others. Nicholas Cage has where he will be spending all eternity in a nice huge pyramid-looking tomb. Why would she want to be buried in a town where many feared her, hated her, despised her for what she did to those poor slaves and even her own children? Speaking of burials, when the family fled, the authorities were left with a mess and they started conducting an investigation. They started digging around and on the property, they ended up exhuming several bodies in the process, including that of a seven-year-old child, <coughs> Leah, and all for a snag of hair. You know, I guess people have died for less? I don't know. Now, it should be no shocker that due to the events and incidents that have taken place here, that it is indeed plagued with paranormal activity. And it's nothing new. There are documented reports of haunted goings-on from close to 200 years. In the area where the original notorious slave torture room stood, people have heard wailing and moaning. Many times this has been heard. Footsteps can be heard too. And it's not just inside the house. 
People outside, but near the house on the property, have been affected as well. Some claim that even just standing in front of the property line, they have felt a negative presence, an angry presence. And I'm thinking that, of course, the slaves may be here, but I don't think every spirit here was out here due to the Lavoris putting them there. After the mansion was rebuilt, it was turned into apartments in the late 1800s. And in 1894, one of those residents here was brutally murdered. Upon investigating, the police found his apartment to be incredibly ransacked. Was the perper perps turned killer or killers looking for something specific? Or were they staging the scene to look like a robbery? The police didn't think so, as valuable things were indeed left behind. Things that, if it indeed was a robbery... He would have taken it, right? During their murder investigation, they were questioning and interviewing many people, neighbors and friends mostly. One friend of the poor murdered man told police that the doomed man confided in him, claiming he was having issues with sprites in the house. His friend took it with a grain of salt. But after his death, he recalled something else his late friend told him. He says that a demon was in the house who would not rest until he has met his end. So, I mean, what happened here? Was it indeed a demon that was responsible for his death or did someone break in? Either way, this man was murdered. I mean, that we can be sure of. I wonder if one of the spirits may be this murdered man take my life prematurely, I'd be bitter and mad as hell too. So through the years, we've seen this property as a home and apartments. And at one point, it was also an all-girl African-American primary school. And believe you me, it didn't take very long for things to start happening to these poor little girls. Frightening things. The little girl, she screams. She starts running. Confused at the attack, she runs. She's running as if her life depends on it. The boogeyman on her heels. She turns a corner and she stops. She's breathing hard. She clasps her hand over her mouth. So not to be heard, not to be detected. A teacher walks by her and stops. What on earth are you doing? The girl, relieved not to be alone, starts to cry. (laughs) The teacher bends down. Child, why do you cry? The child slowly raises her long sleeve, revealing her bare arm, wincing while doing so. Shocked, saddened, and angered by the sight, bruises and scratches all bloodied up. Who did this to you? The girl responds in a hushed whisper. The woman... The girl responds in a hushed whisper as if she doesn't want someone or something to hear her. This has happened several times on this property when it acted as a school. Children were suffering from physical attacks, their arms covered with scratches and bruises, all claiming the woman was responsible. No, it wasn't a teacher or a fellow student. So who is this mysterious phantom woman? Is it one of the angry slaves that met such a horrible fate? Or is it the sadistic murderess Delphine LaLaurie herself, who, as we know, was the murderer of a child, Leah, and even would beat her own children? So, of course, these kids here mean nothing to her. 
Before we end today, I want to read an old article from the New Orleans Bee that describes the scene. Quote, The New Orleans Bee gives an account of certain barbarities perpetrated by a woman of the name LaLaurie living in Hospital Street in New Orleans. The house of this woman took fire on the 10th of April, a circumstance which led to the disclosure of her crimes. The flames have spread with alarming rapidity and the horrible suspicion being entertained by the spectators that some of the inmates of the premises where it originated were incarcerated therein. The doors were forced open for the purpose of liberating them. Previous, however, to taking this liberty, if liberty it can be called, several gentlemen, impelled by their feelings of humanity, demanded the keys, which were refused to them in a gross and insulting manner. No! Upon entering one of the apartments, the most appalling spectacles met their eyes. Seven slaves, more or less, were horribly mutilated, were seen suspended by the neck with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other. Language is powerless and inadequate to give a proper conception of the horror which a scene like this must have inspired. We shall not attempt it, but leave it to the reader's imagination to picture what it was. These slaves were the property of a demon in the shape of a woman, whom we mentioned at the beginning of this article. They had been confined by her several months in the situation, which they had thus providentially been rescued, and have been merely kept in existence to prolong their sufferings, and to make them taste all that, and the most refined cruelty could inflict. But why dwell upon such aggravating and painful particulars? We feel confident that the community share with us our indignation, and that vengeance will fall heavily upon the guilty culprit. Without being superstitious, we cannot but regard the manner in which these atrocities have been brought to light as an especial interposition of heaven. Then, in parentheses below, it says, Since the above was in type, the populace have repaired to the house of this woman and have demolished and destroyed everything upon which they could lay their hands. At the time of inciting this, the fury of the mob remained still unabated and threatens the total demolition of the entire edifice. And you know, I really like how they described her saying that these slaves were the property of a demon in the shape of a woman because that's exactly what she was these slaves in the lalori house i mean what they endured was pure hell hatred i mean even when the women's children women's children try to feed them they were abused themselves it was total hell but yeah she was a demon in the shape of a woman absolutely so, I don't know. What do you think? Is Delphine LaLaurie guilty or innocent? I'm thinking there is so much evidence stacked against this woman that she cannot be innocent. She had a torture chamber in her house, for Christ's sake. Witnesses saw the girl fleeing from LaLaurie and fall to her death. And then guess what? Instead of calling, instead of calling for help, having the police come in and investigate saying it was an accident, even if it was just lying. She buried the girl on her property. 
You know, I've watched way too much true crime shows, but you know, when something happens, you kind of call law enforcement, you know, you call for help. You don't do things your own way. I mean, bodies, including Leah's, were found on the property. Either she was guilty or she was the most stupid and blind person on planet Earth not to see what was happening in her own home. That's my own opinion, of course. Either way, it's forever ingrained in the Crescent City's dark and bloody history. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They're equally phenomenal. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry, my friends. You can binge listen as we speak. Just go to any of the podcast platforms, such as Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn Radio, Deezer, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, basically wherever you may roam to listen to your other fantastic podcasts. You'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. This week's special city shoutouts go to... Stillwater, Oklahoma. Cicero, Illinois. Brantford, Canada. Independence, Kentucky. And Muradabad, India. See you all next Monday for the newest episode. See you next week.